This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Morning. I'm Jane Pauley, and this is Sunday Morning. Long live the King. Charles III was officially crowned King of the United Kingdom Saturday. In a Westminster Abbey ceremony filled with all the pomp and circumstance and estimated 100 million pounds can buy. With Mark Phillips, we'll look back at a coronation fit for a king. God save the King! How do you make a ritual that goes back almost a thousand years seem modern? That's what King Charles said he wanted to do. Not everyone agreed. I don't think modernity is what we're in for. The coronation. Modern or magnificent or both. Coming up on Sunday morning. Our Ben Mankiewicz will be catching up with a first-time novelist who has a familiar name, Tom Hanks a serious movie star who never takes himself all that seriously. Actors always get, are you gonna be in here? Are you gonna get a shot? Where's the camera gonna be? What's the shot gonna be? Tom Hanks is ready for his close-up. This is what I used to do. I'd go in the mirror and I'd say, oh, here's what I wanna do with it. Here's what I wanna do with this scene. I wanna go like this, here's what I wanna do. <laughs> Hamming it up and writing it down. The Oscar winner's first novel, later on Sunday morning. 
Ever wonder just who's behind those elusive stars in the Michelin Guide? Califasane embarks on a tasty tale of discovery. Ted Koppel sits down with renowned statesman and diplomat Henry Kissinger, still giving no quarter to the calendar, even at age 100. Plus, thoughts on fatherhood from Anderson Cooper and close friend Andy Cohen, and more. It's a Sunday morning for May 7, 2023, and we'll be back after this. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cashback events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Yesterday's coronation of Britain's King Charles III was a golden occasion, from the crowns to the carriages. Mark Phillips has some royal highlights. This was billed as a slimmed-down coronation for the more modern monarchy King Charles had promised. Now we know what that looks like. It means taking the newer, lighter family coach, the six-horsepower model, from the palace to Westminster Abbey. Instead of the heavy, unwieldy, eight-horsepower gold state coach Charles's mother, the Queen, and every monarch for two and a half centuries has used. It means holding a service where some of the participants were more reflective of today's British multicultural society. It means cutting the service down from the seemingly endless more than three hours of 70 years ago to about two and a half hours this time. There was always controversy over just how much new should be added and how much old should be retained in the ancient rite of crowning British monarchs that goes back almost a thousand years. Many think the spectacle is still a necessary part of the royal story. This yes. is an historic, solemn 
religious and state event, but it's also a TV show. It is. And the king, as you know at the beginning, put out this expression that he wanted it to be more modest. Mm. Hugo Vickers is a royal historian. Right. And he is absolutely delighted that people, including me, have said, well, you may want it to be modest, we want it to be magnificent. There was plenty of magnificence. Enough flowing robes and gold and jewels to make you squint. Swords and orbs and scepters, representing ancient hereditary power and assumed heavenly approval. And if all that can seem very unmodern, well, that's just the way it's always been. I mean, of course a coronation, rather like a monarchy, is completely irrational. If you Robert Hardman is a royal author. Orbs, ointments, scepters. Where is there a place for that kind of thing in, in the modern era? The fact is, we are where we are. We've evolved in this way. As humans, we like ritual. And public opinion polls consistently show a solid majority supports the monarchy. But in a less deferential age, the monarchy isn't viewed with the same reverence anymore. It's all the same kind of nonsense of mystical oil being anointed, out of sight of cameras, mm. the hand of God descending on our king. Pauly Toynbee is a newspaper columnist. I think all that sort of folder roll seems extraordinarily old-fashioned and peculiar. Like all stories involving this royal family, there were unavoidable subplots. When the crown was put on Queen Camilla's head, the woman who had been the third person in Charles's marriage to Princess Diana was finally having her day and allowed herself a little smile. When the self-exiled Prince Harry arrived, alone, he was given a seat in the third row. And as soon as the service was over, he hopped in a car, skipped the royal lunch, and jumped on a flight back to L.A. Hi, William, Prince of Wales. The future of the monarchy is now firmly in the hands of his brother. The Golden State coach was put into service for the return trip to the palace. No coronation, ancient or modern, would be complete without images like this. But will this coronation be remembered the way the Queen's was, as a turning point in history? when the grim post-war years gave way to a new optimism. Maybe, but that new queen was young. This king is old. Historians talk about coronations reflecting the nation and the state of the nation and the mood of the times. Roya Nicka is royal editor of the London Sunday Times. And this country has been through a lot of turbulence in the last few years, politically, economically, our own royal family has been through, through turbulence. So I think it's almost sort of the opening of a new chapter and the turning of the page. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Their friends and their fathers. We asked Anderson Cooper, anchor of CNN's AC360 and contributor to 60 Minutes, to take on a different sort of assignment this morning talking with pal Andy Cohen about fatherhood. Well, this is weird. <laughs> it is a little weird. Oh, it's very weird. <laughs> Your whole body posture. Am I weird? Yeah, you seem like formal. This is I suddenly feel very vulnerable. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. <laughs> You need to do your Barbara Walters Jedi thing right now and make me feel comfortable. I was going to start this off. So it turns out interviewing your closest friend is not so easy. I met Andy Cohen nearly 30 years ago. He had really long hair then and was a young producer at CBS News. Over the years, we've become really close. We vacation together. We are taking a mystery shot. Spend New Year's Eve together. And both of us decided to become dads in our early 50s. He's very lifelike. <laughs> That's Lucy, Andy's daughter, who just turned one. His son Benjamin is four. I have a three-year-old son, Wyatt, and a one-year-old named Sebastian. So what's Lucy done today? What is, she what's went to music class. Oh, yes. Yeah. It turns out we both wanted to have yeah. kids for similar reasons. That's right. Your mom loved that Peggy Lee song, Is That All There Is? That's where I was. I was approaching 50. And I heard that song in my head. I was like, there's got to be a greater purpose for me. This is wonderful, and I absolutely love it. But this is not, there has to be a greater purpose. How has parenting changed you? How are you different? I mean, I think it's changed me in every way. I mean, I think my priorities have completely shifted. I think my sense of accomplishment has totally changed. And even just... Getting your kids breakfast and getting them out to school. When I drop him off at school, I'm like, you did it, dude. That was a rough two and a half hours. You know, like, you did that. Do you feel, I mean. I, yes, I do. Has Wyatt moved to a toddler bed yet? No. What is your obsession with toddler beds? Well, uh, call me when Wyatt moves to a toddler bed. It is How hard hell. can a toddler bed? Oh, you are messing with your life. Basically, what we're all doing, with all due, is keeping our children in a cage, which is <laughs> the crib, okay? No, I mean, they can't get out. It's not a real, it's a, it's a beautiful, you know. But, like, the toddler bed is a nightmare. That's an expressway. Because they way. now have free will. Uh-huh. And they are coming to you at all hours. <laughs> all of the rules, no more. The lines are blurred. And the power shifts. Uh-huh. Young Benjamin holds the keys uh-huh. to the castle. Andy writes about his new life with kids in his fun and fast-paced new book, Daddy Diaries, The Year I Grew Up, the third in a best-selling series of diaries he's written. But yeah, I know. I'm trying to get this off, but I can't. It's about the high highs and low lows of being a single dad who also works long hours in the center ring of an often manic media circus. He has two radio channels on Sirius XM, a book imprint, this is Mariah Carey's a late-night talk show on Bravo, and he presides over the Real Housewives franchise. You said you sat in Julio Iglesias' lap. As an executive producer and host of those drama-filled reunions. 
I think this book is really as much a statement about pop culture in the year 2022 as it is about being a father or my life and what I did. How so? What do you mean? Well, because I think it's a reflection on how pop culture works in a weird way. The sheer number of like celebrity encounters you have is it's like, oh, Meghan McCain texted me and Cher and Jane Fonda gave me advice about raising a girl. I love dropping names. <laughs> and I feel like if you're gonna write a book like this that's inspired by Andy Warhol's diaries, you, you better to. be prepared to drop some names. And I think that's one of the reasons why I latch onto this format so much. Because I think it's fun. When you're hosting a talk show, you're interacting with everyone who's kind of in the mix and in the zeitgeist. And I'm certainly trying to create water cooler moments that feed into that pop culture machine. There's a lot of stuff I learned about you in this book that I, I hadn't known. Which okay. I, so, you subscribe to a service that emails you every morning with clippings anytime your name is mentioned? On television. Are you insane? Well, why would you do that? I think it's interesting. <laughs> what do you, well, of course you think it's interesting. It's about you. <laughs> yeah, why exactly. You, well, I mean, I don't send the clippings to you. I mean, it's for me. It it's my seemed, own thing. I mean, it just seems... I always like to take stock on where I am in the world. You say, I can't believe how much my life has changed, how much I'm building for my family's future. It's a heaviness I've never felt, but also a sense of sureness that feels good. W what is the heaviness? Well, you know, it's interesting. I've never, as I think you know, I am not someone who worries. Right. I am not someone who walks around. I've never met anybody who is as happy and optimistic and enjoys their life more than you. And I think this year, for the first time, I think having Lucy, my second child, I think suddenly I was like, wow, I have two kids. I'm doing this alone. You obviously, you have help. Yes. And doing this without a partner, did that give you great pause? I'm happy to say it didn't. I, I just thought, I want to do this and... I'm doing it and I know it's gonna be really hard and I don't know what that actually means. Does it, has it changed the way you think about finding somebody to be involved um, with? I mean, is yeah. the, the bar a different bar for so. what the person needs to be like? Yeah, I mean, I think that some, you know, go-go dancer that you would be trying to set me up with three years ago <laughs> Maybe wouldn't be the... Have I tried to sit you over the go-go dancer? No, but <laughs> why haven't you? Anyway. But are you really ready to... to I don't know that you're ready to have a, a... A partner? Somebody there all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got two kids here all the time. So <laughs> what makes you think I'm not ready? Like, have I not shown enough that I'm settling down? I mean, what do I have to prove to you? Good morning. Good morning. Andy often Instagrams about some of the joys. You're crying because you want to stay at the supermarket? And frustrations of being a parent. And I've noticed he's starting to sound a little bit like his mom, Evelyn Cohen. But I wasn't sure how to mention it to him. Do you find yourself becoming your, your parents? One of the things I realized in writing the book is that I am becoming Evelyn Cohen. Who looks for and finds things to worry about. And I now am in my bed with a carousel of worry mm -hmm. churning in my head. It's not fun. It's not who I am. I'm like, who are you? Who is this guy? What do you worry about most with them now? 
As a single parent, I just worry about being everything to them. And I want to be everything to them. And I know how impossible that is in a weird way. If I spend three hours with Ben and then I have to go to work, you know, you're at work and you're like, did I spend enough time with Ben today? If Ben tells me that I'm his best friend or he grabs for my hand to hold it or um, he cuddles me extra tight, I mean, there's not gonna be a bigger win in my day than that. Hmm. That's sweet. Mm, you're sweet. <laughs> Marry me. <laughs> Do you want to get married someday? To you? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, was that a proposal? Are you proposing? <laughs> Do I want to get married? I got to tell you something. <laughs> Not only do I love love, but how fun would my wedding be? Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. If you're searching for the perfect place to dine, let the stars lead the way. Michelin stars, of course. Califasane is our guide. So I know I could never cook this. Let's see if I could successfully eat this. <laughs> Even to an untrained palate. It has that like earthiness to it. This duck entree. Oh, and the crunch. Oh, I'm taking another bite. Go for it. Prepared by Mary Atia, executive chef at the Musket Room in New York, is... It's really nice, and it really isn't like anything I've had before. With dishes like that... Now we're just going to set the dish. Atia has earned tons of praise and one coveted title. Michelin-starred chef, and that's something that'll follow you around forever. If I think too much about it, it gets a little <laughs> overwhelming, but it is something I'm really proud of. The Musket Room opened 10 years ago. It was awarded a Michelin star in 2014 and every year since. Atia took over in the kitchen in 2020. I felt like I had some big shoes to fill to kind of maintain the standard that was here, but also impart my own vision on it. The Michelin Guide's restaurant reviewers, known as inspectors, took note. They said, uh, Mary Frances Atia is the master and commander of this restaurant. Is that the phrase you were expecting? It, it wasn't, but, you know, I'll take it. The work of Kamari Mick, the executive pastry chef, was recognized, too. And they said that the desserts were thought-provoking. We were a bunch of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. I wanted to have meaning and not just be random ingredients thrown together just because they sound cool. There should be or a mm. little bit of a story behind it. Congratulations again for the Michelin star. 
Gwendol Pulinek is the guide's international director at Michelin, known for its Michelin Man and for the slogan, Michelin, because so much is riding on your tires. You still sell tires? We do. But the one uh, making the tires are not the, the professional anonymous inspectors eating out in the restaurants every day. The Michelin Guide, first published in 1900, began awarding stars to restaurants in France about 100 years ago. The uh, founding brothers, Frère Michelin, had this brilliant idea to have a guide to help uh, the people uh, travel. Today, international teams of inspectors review restaurants in countries around the world, including this one, with guides in Washington, California, New York, Chicago, and, as of last year, Florida. So the idea is while you're driving around on our car tires, here are some places you might stop for a meal. One star is uh, worth a stop, two star worth a detour, and three star worth a special journey. Restaurants often brag about having a Michelin star, or two or three. There are only about 140 three-star restaurants worldwide, but the inspectors who award them are strictly anonymous. We sat down with one on the condition that we not reveal his name or his face. What do your friends think you do for a living? They know I'm still in the industry, they just don't know what I do exactly. He says he has experience in hotel dining and a degree from culinary school. He's been a Michelin inspector for about 20 years. Have you ever been made? I have not, but I will say that having worked in the industry for so long, I do run into people that I've worked with previously in restaurants. He says he tells them he's a consultant, but sometimes advanced spycraft is required. It's hard to keep that anonymity in this day and age, isn't it? It is. We use aliases. Um, we change them up routinely. We use fake numbers. All for this the master and commander of this restaurant. Does that phrase sound familiar to you? It does, it does, yes. So are you allowed to reveal to us that you have eaten at Musket Room? I have. And what impressed you about the food there? It has a personality, something that makes that dish quite unique or special. Gwendol Pulinek says the guide is single-minded. The star is only about the quality of the food. It's not about the service and the setting. Michelin inspectors rate food based on specific criteria. The quality of the products, the mastery of cooking techniques, the harmony and balance in flavors, the personality uh, of the chef as expressed on the plate, and last but not least, the consistency, both over time and throughout their menu as a whole. Do inspectors usually dine alone when they're reviewing a restaurant? We send the inspectors in pairs, or maybe more, but they can also, of course, uh, go alone. The mission guide decision and recommendation is never a one-man show to ensure the quality and the worldwide consistency of a restaurant's recommendations. Mary Atias says these stars are valuable. Having Michelin star maintains business. People seek out restaurants uh, with the honor. So, you know, we always try to keep an eye on anyone that might look like they're <laughs> inspecting a meal. Like many restaurants, Musket Room keeps photos of influential critics on the kitchen wall. Michelin inspectors are harder to spot. They could be anyone, and they could be anywhere, or almost anywhere. Have you eaten a hot dog from a cart? Yes, I did. You did? <laughs> How'd you like it? I think that's part of the New York experience as well. <laughs> that sounds like a very polite no-star for you. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. One of the most beloved movie stars of his generation has written his first novel, a conversation custom-made for our man in Hollywood, Ben Mankiewicz. Where are we right now? Uh, we are on, okay, we are on about as famous a back lot as you're going to get. They moved Just another ho-hum day in Hollywood, a tour of Paramount Studios with Tom Hanks. It looks real. It's impossible to believe that uh, these aren't real. Take your hands and just block off the sky, you know. Right. So it, you know, right. And honestly, that's a city street. Today, he's revealing some show business truths. Once you're on the lot, you can walk around. You can go almost anywhere. I'm going to yeah. tell you something right yeah. now, and don't, don't put this on. Of course, keep it on. There are signs that are always around sound stages. As a, this is a closed set. Nonsense. <laughs> Anybody can walk onto any set anytime they want to. No one is going to say, hey, you, yeah. come back here. Hanks took me to Soundstage 25. It looms large in his history. Oh, my Lord, look at this. This is where Hanks taped Bosom Buddies with his co-star, Peter Scolari. The show ran just two seasons. Peter and I had the first two dressing rooms right next to the hair and makeup thing. Bosom Buddies going off the air was not, a, was not because you were going on to bigger and better things. No, no, we no. got fired. You got fired. Yeah, we got, we got fired. Since losing that gig, things have improved. He's now a two-time Best Actor Oscar winner, a producer, director, one of the two or three defining stars of his era. And 43 years after his first film, he knows the audience. Movies are this one-on-one -on -one relationship. Movies are made for one person and one person only, and that's the person that is, that is viewing. We all have our own memories that are connected to a specific film that if we think about it, we can remember where we were, what theater we saw it in, or maybe what weekend it was when we happened to see them on TV. It's like as personal as reading a book. Now, Hanks is combining the two with his first novel, Out This Week, the making of another major motion picture masterpiece. And action, Tom. When I was born, my mama named me Forrest Gump. It's the story of the process, often spectacularly messy, of bringing a movie from the page to the screen. I had never read a book that captured the movie-making experience as I experienced making a movie. Hanks' novel tells an epic story from actors and agents 
to teamsters and gaffers. I think anybody who works in an office or on a construction site, even just a supermarket, might think that the efforts that they put into their job are as far removed from what goes into the making of a motion picture. It's actually much the same. Who causes a problem? Who's got, who's got an interesting idea? Who can make things happen a little faster? The end result is just different because you get a movie at the end of it. Getting a movie completed well, says Hanks, means following the text, which is much more than merely the script. And by text, I don't mean not just your dialogue, but the entire movie. Because actors always get, are well, you going to be in here? Are you going to get a shot? Where's the camera going to be? What's the shot going to be? Dude, just behave, all right? And everybody else will, will make that happen. Because otherwise, all your, all your performances end up looking something like this. You know, it's like, dude, no one turns and looks that way at the horizon. No, 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 no. This is what I used to do. I'd go in the mirror and I'd say, oh, here's what I want to do with it. Here's what I want to do with this scene. I want to go like this. Here's what I want to do. <laughs> you know, oh my God, could something be more, more, more artificial? Than, no, but I tell that. you, I'm sitting here next to it. I'm like, it's pretty good. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The novel is, of course, a work of fiction. But the stories are inspired by Hanks' experiences on roughly 100 movies, including an early hit, Splash, directed by Ron Howard. I was incredibly intimidated because I'd been on two years doing Bosom Buddies, in which our whole job was to be funny. Our whole job was to be flashy, say funny things in a funny way. Splash had two legendarily funny cast members, Eugene Levy and John Candy. Do you think we're going to steal the mermaid? I operated from a place of here's what my job is to be as funny as these guys and it was not a great read through and Ron Howard my boss came up to me and said I know what you're trying to do I know I know what you're trying to do and you can't you can't do that Tom we won't have a movie he literally said we won't have a movie if you do that and I thought I was going to get fired that movie. He said, your job is not to be as funny as John and Eugene. Your job is to love the girl. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and that, that penetrated. Like, you heard that. Oh, yeah. dear. Yeah. Um, it ended up being part of a <laughs> the first lesson in an ongoing uh, <laughs> doctorate in understanding what the movie is, of knowing the text. The funny thing is, it delivered a million passengers over 40 years in the air. Everybody involved in a movie, from the director to production assistants, has a job. As an art form, it's entirely collaborative, a word that gets Hanks thinking about his old friend Nora Ephron, who wrote and directed Sleepless in Seattle. Aren't you going to read any of these? because this is not how it's done. I'd much rather just see somebody I like and get a feeling about them. I was cranky. Why were you cranky? Without realizing it, I was cranky because she was a woman writing for a man. Now, how often has that been the opposite, a man writing for a woman? It's, you know, it's millions of right. times. Eventually, I came around. The problem with this, Nora, is, <laughs> is that you're a chick and I'm a dude and dudes don't think that way in these circumstances. And she says, well, how do men think in that circumstance then? I said, he wouldn't say that. He said, diddly be ba diddly di da 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 ba da da And she said, well, let's put that in the movie then. <laughs> and that had never happened before. It happened in ways, but never as specific as this, because she and Delia literally took what I said. 
and put it in the movie. And then afterwards, I said, but I was, you know, that actually worked out great. He says, well, you wrote that. I said, no, I didn't write that. I just complained. <laughs> and you guys wrote it down. She says, that's what writing is. Down there was, there was Taxi, Laverne and Shirley, and Happy Days. And so what of motion pictures? Does this novel mean we'll be seeing less of Tom Hanks, the movie star? Is there a scenario where you think, oh, I'm going to basically stop acting. I'm just going to write. No, dear God, no. There is an aspect of how long you can actually, I think, do it and be part of the cultural zeitgeist. Does that make sense? Sure, yeah. Where you become too familiar or the countenance becomes so overbearing. But there is nothing that is more fun. Coming to work and putting on clothes and pretending to be somebody else for a living, um, that's, that's a blast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This morning, we have commentary from Washington Post humor columnist Alexandra Petri. She has thoughts on ethics and the United States Supreme Court. You know how it's a bad sign generally if your neighbors start saying, yikes, maybe it's time we had a policy about not welcoming grizzly bears to the pool. It just implies that the situation is already out of hand. Well, more and more people are saying, yikes. Maybe it's time the Supreme Court adopted some kind of code of ethics. On the one hand, I love the Supreme Court. I love that they don't have term limits. And it's a comfort knowing that the people who could, at any moment, take my rights away on a whim, at least have to wear little matching outfits while they do it. Still, I think they should maybe get a code. So does the Senate. It is critical to our democracy that the American people have confidence that judges cannot be bought or influenced, and that they are serving the public interest, not their own personal interest. First, objectively and as a serious matter, I think a code of ethics would be good to have. I found their statement that they don't technically have a code, but have often found themselves inspired by the concept of having a code to be unsatisfactory. Second, I think the specific code that they would have to get now would be objectively very funny. If somebody who owns a Nazi tea kettle wants to give you free yacht and plane rides and buy your mother's house, you do, in fact, have to disclose it. Just a weird thing for the highest court in the land to have to specify. And to me, those are always the best codes. When people have to specify something that makes you go, huh. And finally... I think a code would be a good idea for building empathy, 
For years, the justices have just been going around living their lives in accordance with what they thought were the rules. And then suddenly, they're going to have to live by other rules they did not select and don't agree with? Imagine living like that, under this Supreme Court. I say, give them a taste of their own medicine. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. He may be the eldest of our elder statesmen, Henry Kissinger, former Secretary of State and National Security Advisor, is turning 100. He's in conversation with senior contributor Ted Koppel, who's been covering Dr. Kissinger for some 50 years. He hasn't sent me a picture. That Henry Kissinger is still alive will come as news to some people. He's hard of hearing, blind in one eye, and has had multiple heart surgeries. I work about 15 hours a day. And incredibly, he remains relevant on a global scale. If you've had one of your aides here, pick up the phone and call Beijing and say, Dr. Kissinger would like to speak with President Xi. Would he take your call? There's a good chance that he'd take my call, yes. What about the Russian president, Vladimir Putin? Probably, yes. If a president were to come to you and say, Henry, would you fly to Moscow and talk to Putin? I would be inclined to do it, yes. But I would be an advisor, not an active person. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about reinstating you as Secretary of State for the... <laughs> Of course you'd be an advisor. Yes, absolutely. In anyone else, the arrogance would be staggering, but the nimbus of photographs surrounding Kissinger and displaying the former U.S. presidents, living and dead, whom he has served or advised, is compelling. Confirmation of the old adage, if you can do it, it ain't bragging. He believes that the current crisis in Ukraine may be approaching a turning point. Now that China has ended the negotiation, it will come to a head. I think by the end of the year, we will be talking about negotiating processes and even actual negotiations. On the cusp of turning 100, you might think Kissinger is sympathetic to the notion of an 80-year-old or a 76-year-old running for president. He's skeptical. It takes a certain capacity physically. There are some advantages in maturity. There are dangers in exhaustion and a limited capacity to 
to work. Kissinger has been at the center of things for longer than most Americans have been alive. Back in July of 1958, a young Mike Wallace asked an even younger Harvard professor, Henry Kissinger, to explain why the threat of massive nuclear retaliation, which was then U.S. policy, made absolutely no sense. This means that against almost any form of attack, we base our policy on, on a threat that will involve the destruction of all mankind. And this is too risky and I think too expensive. One of the positive outcomes of the policy that was in fact pursued by every American administration of both parties was that nuclear weapons have not been used for 75 years, nor were they used by any adversary. So that, I think, is an accomplishment. In 1971, on a secret mission, Kissinger set the stage for Richard Nixon's historic visit to China the following year. Over the past 50 years, China has evolved to become a world power. As you look back now, is the world better off because of that opening, or is it a more dangerous place now? No. China's re-entry into the international system would have happened. You cannot exclude it from the international system. Today, China seems poised to take Taiwan by military force. And President Biden has said that the U.S. would come to Taiwan's defense. So we have a problem, which is that it could evolve into a general war between two high-tech countries. That's something that requires urgent attention. But it's a dangerous period. From that point of view, it's a very dangerous period. As Secretary of State in 1973 and 74, Kissinger fashioned a new style of diplomacy, sometimes spending weeks in the Middle East flying between capitals. Shuttle diplomacy, they called it. Egyptian President Sadat was an early convert. I liked him as a man before everything. And then after that, as a statesman, as a statesman, I admire him, really. Kissinger laid the groundwork for an uneasy peace between Egypt and Israel that has lasted now for almost 50 years. The brilliant, all but anonymous Harvard academic was becoming hot stuff. Now, Kissinger, action biography. This ABC News special was introduced by my late friend and colleague, Howard K. Smith. He's been named the most admired American, has won the Nobel Peace Prize. A constitutional amendment has been offered that would let him run for president. It won't pass, but what a tribute. There was a cancer growing on the presidency. By the summer of 1974, however, the American presidency itself was in crisis. The country was obsessed with Watergate, and Kissinger was determined as he told a very much younger Ted Koppel, that he and U.S. foreign policy be seen as separate and apart. Mr. Secretary, if you ever felt that foreign policy was being manipulated for the sake of domestic political reasons, what would you do? I would resign, and I would say so publicly. Foreign policy has to reflect the continuing values of the American people. 
and it cannot be the subject of partisan policy. I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. It would be Nixon who resigned. Kissinger stayed on as Secretary of State. A public figure who has shaped an era. What will history's judgment be? Kissinger's career has been one of extraordinary achievement and relentless controversy. The bombing of Cambodia, the war in Vietnam, Argentina, Chile. Many of his critics were not even alive when the events they condemn occurred. There are people at our broadcast who are questioning the legitimacy of even doing an interview with you. They feel that strongly about what they consider, I'll put it in language they would use, your criminality. That a reflection of their ignorance. It wasn't conceived that way, wasn't conducted that way. Look, there is no question when you and President Nixon conceived of the bombing of Cambodia. Uh, you, you did it in order to interdict. Come on, we have been bombing with drones and all kinds of weapons, every guerrilla unit that we were opposing. It's been the same in every administration of either party. The consequences in Cambodia were particular. Come on now. No, no, look, no, no. We're, we're, look, we're particular. I'm, this is a program you're doing because I'm going to be 100 years old. Right. And you're picking a topic of something that happened 60 years ago. You have to know that it was a necessary step. Now the younger generation feels that if they can raise their emotions, they don't have to think. If they think, they won't ask that question. Well beyond an age at which most people are unwilling or unable to learn about the latest technology, Henry Kissinger became obsessed with the subject of artificial intelligence. In theory, the United States has declared that it will always maintain and insist upon human control of artificial intelligence. From a practical point of view, it's impossible. Well, it's a highly desirable objective, but the speed with which artificial intelligence acts will make it problematical in crisis situations. A wartime situation, for example, in which AI recommends a course of action that the president and his advisors consider horrifyingly unwise. In relying on the answer, we cannot double-check it because we cannot review all the knowledge that the machine has acquired. We are giving it that, that knowledge. But this will be one of the big debates. I am now trying to do what I did with respect to nuclear weapons, to call attention to the importance of the impact of this evolution. But you know there will also be an artificial intelligence 
arms race. Yes, but it's going to be different because in the previous arms races, you could develop plausible theories of how you might prevail. It's a totally new problem intellectually. Just the thing to engage Henry Kissinger at 100. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. It takes the best to set new standards. The best don't play by the rules. They make their own and do it with confidence and class. And breaking the rules to change the game is something BMW knows all too well. BMW has combined sports car power with high-end luxury. From redesigning the dashboard to hands-free controls, BMW stays at the forefront of automotive technology. Don't play by the rules. Make your own. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Thank you for listening. Please join us when our trumpet sounds again next Sunday morning. If you like CBS Sunday Morning with Jane Polly, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.